3: Uh, For folks who didn't have Furman, uh, I don't know about you, I had West Virginia, that did not bode well for me. I also had Utah State. No, 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 sir. No, ma'am. But uh, we've got bigger fish to fry, right? Uh, Because UCLA is about to take the court, going up against UNC, Asheville, and David Woods is joining us from the Bruin Report, also the Pac-12 podcast. David, thank you so much for coming on with us. I wanted to start the show off strong. UCLA hitting the court, getting at it, game one. What are your expectations in this matchup tonight?
4: Yeah, it's a a fun one, and thanks for having me on. Uh, USC Asheville, uh, they're a great three-point shooting team. They're kind of a classic... Um, you know knock on wood Cinderella Um, so for UCLA the important thing is staying focused understanding that there could be a barrage of threes waiting for them uh, when they take on UNC Asheville not to get rattled and then kind of let their talent uh, play out Um, I think if UCLA plays its game plays its defensive game it shouldn't have too much trouble but it's not called March Madness for no reason.
3: That's true. Asheville, they're twenty seven and seven on the season. This is their first time back in the NCAA tournament, uh, the Big Dance since two thousand sixteen. Here's here's the matchup in this game that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, they average about fourteen turnovers a game, uh, and meanwhile UCLA they force anywhere between fifteen to seventeen turnovers a game, and 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 so I, I think that's really where this battle could be won, advantage UCLA.
4: Yeah, and that's a, that's an area where UCLA, uh, with Jalen Clark's injury, because he was one of their primary um, deal producers, uh, primary defenders in general, uh, it's an area where they've they've lost a little bit, but I would still expect them to turn over UNC Asheville at least that number of times, at least fourteen. Um, they've been good for turning teams over to, on about twenty to twenty-five percent of possessions, which is crazy. Um, and I think even without Clark out, given the talent disparity between these two teams, UCLA should be able to turn them over quite a bit, and that'll key a lot of their offense. When they can get when they can get up and down in transition off of steals, that's when UCLA's at its best this year.
3: UCLA, defensively, they're holding opponents to below 31% uh, from behind the arc. Uh, you, you talk about Jalen Clark, as we know, unfortunately uh, not going to be able to participate uh, for the remainder of the season. What does that do to them defensively, uh, especially uh, against defending against the three?
4: Yeah, with, with Clark out, um, what they're losing is their most anticipatory <laughs> defender. He's really, really good at reading passing lanes, um, jumping passes, um, and just doing those kind of clever pickpockety things that few players can really do. But UCLA's positional defense, their ability to defend the three-point line and rotate out to the three-point line, um, you know, cover a guy's man when he has to get out to the three-point line. They're really, really good at that. They're really good at communicating. They've learned this system really well. So there actually is, hasn't been in the pac tournament, there wasn't much drop-off in terms of team defense, and that's where the three-point defense really comes in. So I wouldn't expect that to be as much of an issue. What I would expect to see is maybe a few less turnovers than they usually force. But otherwise, I would expect the defense to be pretty good.
3: Um. Again, UCLA uh, tipping off right this second. Uh, they're lane eighteen. The over under is one thirty six. It's just here is the thing. It's just it's and and David. I don't know if if, if you you dabble in gambling or what, but yeah. I just that's a lot of points for me to lay. I I just I, I'm nervous, right? Like so. I typically, especially you know, in in these one seeds going up against the sixteen, the two seeds going up against fifteen. Th- those those games I stay away from. It's just too much, you know? Uh, what, how, how would you How would you recommend one of your buddies is calling you up on the phone and saying, David, you know UCLA better than anyone. Should I lay the 18? What do you say to them?
4: I would say you would have to look back to November and December for the last time UCLA was playing true mid and low majors, and when they were doing that, they were blowing them out with um, regularity. I think it's actually a pretty good cover for UCLA um, compared to – Pac-12 games where everyone scouts each other really well and you're not really having too many blowouts, this should be a return more to those November and December type games. And yes, UNC Asheville could just get super hot from three. But if they don't, if they play more to what UCLA forces percentage-wise from three, I I think UCLA should have a fairly comfortable win tonight.
3: David Woods joining us here on seven ten ESPN LA little sneak peek preview uh, throughout the show. Of course, I will keep you updated in regard to the score UCLA taking in uh, taking on UNC Asheville tonight, the final game of the Thursday slate. Uh, with that being said, David, I want to look big picture, right? Because a lot of people are calling mm-hmm. this West region, the region of death. <laughs> so, and it just so happens UCLA, isn't it? Right? So, um, once hopefully, they take care of of UNC Asheville. Uh, now the next opponent, either Boise State or or Northwest uh, Northwestern, I, I have Bo- Boise State advancing. I also have Gonzaga advancing. So the road that I see UCLA traveling down is Boise State, Gonzaga, possibly Yukon um, or Kansas. I actually have Yukon upsetting Kansas. Uh, so, so talk, talk about this region, big picture, and how far you think this UCLA team can go without Clark.
4: You and I have the exact same path, by the way, um, Boise state next and then Gonzaga and then Yukon. Uh, I think they have the potential to, uh, obviously I think they're going to be favored over Boise state Northwestern. And I think they should win that game, whichever one ends up there. Gonzaga is an interesting one. Uh, they've played a lot better basketball of late, um, It wouldn't be a surprise if UCLA lost in the Sweet 16. I think every UCLA fan should at least build that into their calculations that without Jalen Clark, um, that's going to be a much tougher game than it otherwise would have presented to be. And the reality is they're more than likely going to face one of UConn or Kansas in that Elite Eight game, even if they make past Gonzaga. And that's another team, whichever one it ends up being, who's a top-ten team in Kenpa. So it's three teams in a row in Gonzaga and then whichever one of of UConn-Kansas. It's going to be a top ten Ken Palm teams. They have to go through just to make it to the Final Four. It's a really hard path. They can do it. I mean, there's UCLA is itself a number two team in Ken Palm, but it's a challenging road. Those are those are coin flip type games, and you know, if you flip, flip if you flip a coin a bunch, you see that it doesn't land on heads every time.
3: Um, it's it's going to be difficult, all right, to say the least. And and big picture here, um, just out of curiosity. Uh, who, do, who do you have coming out of the South, the East and the Midwest? Just just curious if you and I are on the same wavelength um, in, in the South. I kind of I, I go back and forth with Alabama and Creighton. I, I just something I just like this Creighton team. So I, I lean more towards Alabama. But I thought I, I just something's telling me Creighton can possibly upset them if they do make it to the Elite Eight. Who do you have coming out of the South?
4: I'm leery. I've got Alabama, but I'm leery of them just because when you shoot as many threes as they do, they're prone to high variance. Where if if you don't make them suddenly, then you can get blown out. And we saw it against Oklahoma uh, when Alabama went on the road earlier this year, where that's you know they just didn't make a ton of threes, and when they don't shoot it well, uh, they 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 can get really burned because they play at such a high tempo. Um, and if they're not shooting well, they're not making their shots. The other team's getting a lot of shots at the basket.
3: Uh, What about the East? I have Tennessee coming out of the East. What say you?
4: Um, In the East, uh, I have, um, who's the one seed? Is it Purdue?
3: Purdue is the one seed, yes. Uh, Marquette is the two seed.
4: I've got Marquette in the East.
3: Interesting. Um, I've got Michigan State eliminating them uh, in the Sweet 16. And last but not least, um, the only chalk uh, I went with is Houston and that's in the Midwest. Who do you have coming out of the Midwest?
4: Yeah. Houston is Houston is probably my favorite for the title this year. Even with Sasser a little bit dinged up. I love the way they play defense. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, I think, is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I've got them winning uh, the
3: title ditto ditto all right before we let you go um real quick i know you're a huge arizona state fan and uh, they won the uh the one in your in game uh, they're taking on tcu tomorrow uh they're getting five and a half tcu is favored by five and a half the over under is 142 uh, give me all the reasons why you think arizona state could play upset here
4: well, they've got, a, they've got a style of play that can work with a team like TCU. They both like to get up and down. Um, and ASU, when they're hitting shots, they can play with pretty much anybody. And we saw it last night uh, against Nevada. They they can hit some tough, tough looks. And TCU plays pretty good defense. But if ASU is making guarded shots that way, I, I think that could be a really, really close game. And I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen a lot of teams come out of the first four with momentum in recent years. You know, playing that first game, getting out under the lights, getting on national TV and getting the jitters out of the way and then playing really well the rest of the way. So I would not be surprised at all if ASU wins that game.
3: They look great uh, on Wednesday night, that's for sure. David, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it. Um, enjoy the game.
4: All right. Thank you so much, Anita.
3: You got it. David Woods joining us. A Bruin Report, that Pac-12 podcast. Make sure you follow him, David David Woods, on social media. Um, for all your ucla news uh and updates of course as hopefully they make it they make their way through that death region in the west all right we've got a great show lined up for you Uh, buckle up right at when at the end of this show you're going to be so ready for tomorrow's action uh in in march madness as well as big picture maybe you want to wager on some of the futures bets out there uh we've got jimmy patsos Former head coach of Siena, Loyola. Also was uh, Gary Williams, right-hand man uh, at Maryland. Uh, so uh, so excited to get him on. I want to say he's in Birmingham right now. He's going to take a break uh, from the tournament to jump on with us. Uh, also, uh, we're going to hear from Rich Samini, Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Looks like it's a marriage waiting to happen. So Rich Samini, who covers the Jets, will jump on board. What are some of the future odds out there for the AFC East? Fat Jack, professional handicapper, as always, we love that he joins us each and every week. Uh, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, uh, he's actually following the University of Miami around, and I think that University of Miami Drake game tomorrow is going to be a really interesting one, so I thought it would be great to have him on. He knows the Canes basketball program better than anyone. Eric Moody is going to join us to talk some NBA, getting you ready for some NBA action. Uh, Greg McElroy is going to be joining us as well. To talk some XFL. It is week five, uh, as well as Stormy, who, uh, who we love now, um, who's always on with us uh, to, uh, to preview each and every week the XFL action. So, as you can see, jam packed show, getting you ready for all things a lot of March Madness, some NBA, some XFL, some NFL. Uh, so, buckle up. Let's go. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly.
3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7 ESPN, made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with TISA nutrient pouches. Visit TISAenergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7 ESPN.
3: Welcome back again, Anita Marks, with you. It is Bet LA here on uh, seven hundred and ten ESPN LA. Um, I also have an, an an NBA play for you here. Um, You've got. Hold on, let me call it up. Um, I had the line out in front of me just a second ago. Um, this is what happens when you multitask. It really stinks. Uh, so <laughs> right now uh, the Magic are going up against the Suns, eleven to seven right now. The Suns are up. I'm on the Magic side here. The Magic uh, they're at, prior to this game starting. The Magic were getting seven. Uh, where are they at? Where are they at right now? Uh, that's a good question. It's it's not even up on the board. Which uh, which? Oh, here we go. All right. So uh, they're getting eight and a half right now. I, I do like this Magic team. Let's keep in mind the Suns still without Katie um they they traded away all their really good defensive parts um and and just have not been able to you know th- there's no cohesiveness uh, in in regard to what they're able to do because they're not scoring on the offensive side because Katie's not there and they don't have the defensive uh, firepower now so this this game now is all tied up at 11 and if you could jump on it I do like Orlando uh, again, plus seven and a half. Uh, Orlando is one of those teams that uh, no, they're not going to make it to the postseason, but they're they're gritty. They fight. It's like even though they're a cellar dweller, pretty much uh, twenty eight and forty one this season, um, they, they still there's 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 a lot of pride there, and they're a young team that uh, that just doesn't give up. So I do like this Magic team. And again, you get them at plus. Before the, uh, the game tipped off, it was seven. Now it's up to seven and a half. It's fluctuating, uh, obviously. I would jump on that right now if you could uh, in the NBA. Um, the Pacers-Bucks game is coming to an end. About two minutes left in the fourth. And the Pacers are up 133 to 120. How about mm-hmm. that? So those are the only two games still remaining. The Nuggets finally got on the win column. Uh, they beat the Pistons tonight. I would hope that they they would, uh, considering that the Pistons are sixteen and fifty five. Um, so they beat them by almost twenty points. Uh, the Kings beat the Nets one oh one to ninety six. That was a good game. And uh, the Raptors beat the Thunder one twenty eight uh, to uh, one twenty eight to one eleven. But more importantly um uh, let's talk about what's going on in college basketball and by the way Tyler and Brian are producing the show gentlemen I, I just I want to assume that um you've got the uh the games that are still remaining uh today up in studio and these are some good ones oh, yeah. so right now you now right now Houston the number one overall seed um is taking on northern Kentucky uh I, I haven't watched a minute of Northern Kentucky this season. Uh, But obviously they are a 16 seed. They were tied just about three minutes ago. Um, Houston is up 26 to 20, but still too close for comfort for me. Um, So, and there's about three minutes left in the first. Also Louisiana Lafayette and Tennessee are going at it. Tennessee is a four seed. Louisiana is a 13 seed. Tennessee is up 25 19. Full disclosure. This was one of my favorite bets today. I did get Louisiana Lafayette at plus 12 and a half, plus 13 in some places. So I do believe that Louisiana has what it takes to keep this close. But again, you know, you don't want it to be too close uh, for comfort. Here's a good thing UCLA up 14 0. 14 0. This feels like the Duke game that just took place against Oral Roberts. Um, But as we know, UCLA, we just got done talking to David Woods uh, going up against UNC Asheville, and they're up 14-0 right off the bat. So there's that. Tyler, you wanted to say something?
5: I was just going to say, interesting parallel that we see right now with uh, Houston. I think you said Houston was your pick to go the distance, right?
3: Yeah, I have. Well, I would... Yes. So I have Houston. Houston is my only quote-unquote chalk play. Um, coming out of their region. Um, I, I, I fluctuate between Alabama and Creighton. There's just something about Creighton to me that I, I think Creighton is going to make some noise in this tournament. So um, I, I fluctuate between Alabama and Creighton in that region. I've got Tennessee and I've got Gonzaga slash Yukon in the other. The, yeah, the, so the just of, they call it they call it the region of death, which UCLA happens to um ha- happens to be in. Yes. Yeah, well,
5: I mean, look, they're on a fourteen nothing run. They look really solid. Again, they're playing UNC Asheville, fifteenth uh, mm-hmm. seed. So not too much of a flex, but fourteen nothing to start the game, pretty hot.
3: Uh, Texas A&M is up on Penn State by the way, seven to five. That was one of the games. Penn State's a ten seed. Texas A&M is a five is a seven seed. That was one of the games that I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let me flip a coin. I, let me ask you. Oh, so so uh, let's uh, let's put all our cards on the table. How many pools slash how many brackets are you participating in?
5: I have one empty bracket.
3: What do you mean empty bracket? I haven't filled it yet. What do you mean? The tournament started.
5: I yeah, I know. I just I don't. I never get to it. I always sit down and look at it, what? and I never get to it. So I'm just going to live who? vicariously through you and also comment. You? How are we on friends?
3: How are we friends? I don't even know who are
5: you. We're friends. Who
3: does that? Who who looks at a bracket and doesn't fill it out or doesn't feel inclined to at least like participate in too at much least? Pressure.
5: There's too much pressure the with these brackets. They're all already cracked after this morning anyway. <laughs>
3: Really, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to you know if, if you've picked the final four, if you've picked the champion, that's where you're winning. These round of sixty four, it, it it really doesn't mean much to be honest. as as long as as long as your final four participant, uh, it was is not bumped in the round of sixty four. Brian, do you do you play brackets? Do you do you partake?
5: Uh, I do partake. I filled out an ESPN one last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got, my teams are still in it. A couple of the losses today, but, uh, I rode with San Diego state to the end. So looking good still.
3: Yeah. So, so just to, j- we'll do a little recap here, um, in regard to what, what's happened this afternoon, uh, which was a lot of fun. Do you guys follow me on social media at all? Yeah. It's okay. My, my feelings won't Twitter. be hurt if you don't. I follow
5: you on Twitter. Cause that's the only social media I have.
3: Okay. Um, did you see my setup today?
5: Your crazy setup. How could I have missed it? Yes?
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Although I sit in it front is- of seven screens, so I think you got to up your game a little bit.
3: Well, you're at work. So? I'm at home.
5: Oh. I work from home. We got to get you more screens.
3: <laughs> what do you mean? I think my setup is for pro- So, I. It- if if you so choose to follow me uh, on Twitter at Anita Marks, I took a photograph of my my setup. To, so fun! I so so I live here in New York City, and I live in a four story walk up. And I my my, my and, and I'm going to throw this out. You guys probably won't get this reference because you're too young. But like my building is like Melrose Place. Like my building is like super awesome. Like the people who live here are super cool. Everybody, we all own dogs. So, like, our dogs have, like, hey, you want to come upstairs for a play date? Yeah. Play date it's like, parents. Oh, no. Yeah, we're all, like, we're all, no, no, you're not allowed to have a child to live here. No children. Oh, uh, no, no children, just dogs, please. What's the difference? So, <laughs> what's the difference? There's a big difference.
5: Dog parents are just children. Parents. They're the
3: same. <laughs> you all treat,
5: they're, they're treated the exact same way. That's the weird parallel.
3: So it's just it's just so it's just so funny how you know COVID has changed our world, right? So like prior to COVID, you know, a, you had to go into work every day. Um number you, you couldn't work from home. Um and number two, you know, chances were like, you know, I, you know, I'm very fortunate that this is what I do for a living. So you know, I, I have like me watching these games. It's it's part of my job. Right. So um, but typically more times than not, I would I would go into the city and I would watch I would go to like some like local watering hole, local sports bar where I had like all these TVs and mm-hmm. and I would sit and I would like watch all the games somewhere near our radio station. And then I would go into the radio station and host my shows. And um, and so now since, you know, I, I set up I built this really phenomenal studio in my apartment. And so I do TV and radio from my apartment, which is awesome. Uh, But I've also now um, created this amazing, um, as I said in my tweet today, like if I can't get to the sports book, I'm going to have the sports book come to me. And so it's really, so what was really fun was, you know, pretty much everybody in my building, or I'd say 80% of my building, all work from home. So so I had I had seven people in my apartment today. Everybody is in my apartment with their work computers, and they're working in air quotes.
5: That's actually awesome.
3: And they're and they're working, um, and we're all we're all watching March Madness. And I'm like, I'm ordering delivery sushi for lunch, and oh my god, it's so fun. Just scrolling through. So I I
5: must have missed the invitation.
3: I just, I just share that story just to say, like, you know, there, there are, there are, there is a silver lining, there are some positives in regard to how our world has changed from um, a, a very unfortunate and very sad and very terrifying uh, pandemic that took place. Uh, and today was was it, it was front and center. It was really, really awesome. Having like a bunch of people in the building, hanging out, um, quote unquote, working um, from my living room with uh, with three pretty much seventy five inch TVs watching March Madness and gambling. Yeah, no, that sounds
5: like a great time. Honestly,
3: <laughs> it was it was a great time. Um, but really quick, let's bring you up to speed on what happened today. So, um, I did not. So full disclosure, because you know I'm typically I I do a hit with Mason in Ireland each week. Uh, and they're probably like, why do we have this chick on? She absolutely stinks. Well, it'd be fair to say that about me today. Uh, so I had Boise State. Um, they lost to Northwestern 75 to 67. So uh, they did not cover. I did have Auburn. Okay. So um, Auburn did cover against Iowa 83 to 75. I did have Arkansas. They beat Illinois 73 to 63. I had West Virginia. They lost to Maryland. Maryland won 67. 67- to 65 I did have Utah State they lost to Missouri 76 to 65 Missouri won I did have San Diego State Um, it was one of my favorite plays and they covered 63 to 57 Um, I did have Furman Um, I did not have them on the money line I had them getting six didn't need it because they won outright against UVA against Virginia 68 to 67 Duke took care of Oral Roberts that was a play that I stayed away from. Um, I was leaning towards taking the points, but something was just Duke has just been on fire. As of late, they won the ACC. So I just said, you know what? I need to stay away from that. Princeton and Arizona. I didn't play this either. I wish I would have. This is not arguably uh, really the biggest upset of the day. A number 15 seed Princeton beating Arizona 59 to 55. If you had Arizona to take it all the way to your final four, I'm sorry, just shut it down. Call it a day. I don't know what else you can do. Texas took care of Colgate by 20 points, 81 to 61. Kansas took care of Howard by 30 points almost, 96 to 68. Alabama about 20 points over Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. And so um, a lot of the obviously top seeds were were uber-dominant. Except Arizona, which was kind of uh, surprising, right? Um, and um, and and we've got we've got some some action still happening right now. Northern Kentucky is keeping this too close for comfort for me uh, with Houston. That's for sure. Twenty six twenty four. About two minutes left in the first and uh, and for all you UCLA fans out there UCLA still up on UNC Asheville 14 to 2 when we get back Jimmy Patzos is going to join us former head coach of Siena Loyola and was a part of the Maryland success when Gary Williams was the head coach Jimmy Patzos was his right hand man so Jimmy and I dive into some March Madness talk when we get back right here on Bet LA 710 ESPN LA
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit tizaenergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN.
3: Welcome back to Bet L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Jimmy Patzos joins us now, former head coach of uh, Siena, Loyola also was Gary Williams' right-hand man at the University of Maryland. Joining us now, which, by the way, Maryland, the Terrapins, they won. Lost me some money. Um, <laughs> lost me some money earlier today, beating West Virginia 67-65. What a game that was, Jimmy. I mean, you should have had me
1: on earlier, Anita, because I gave my early release. Furman was winning outright, and Maryland was winning outright. I also threw... I had some long shots in Vermont and Colgate. I did a couple of other shows, but I did. Seriously, you can check the tape. Loved Furman. And I thought Maryland and West Virginia would go down to the last second shot. But, look, Bob Huggins' teams are never going to quit. Stevenson was 4-17. for They just couldn't get it going. But it was a battle. But Kevin Willard's inside play, when Bell fouled out, they took over down the stretch in the paint. Johnson Scott hits the three, and that's game. Way to go, Kevin Willard. Move on, Maryland. And Alabama looks really good beating up on Texas A and M Corpus Christi right now.
3: So, uh, so of course, um, Jimmy Patsos joining us from the Birmingham region, uh, which is which is great. Uh, let I, I just I want to talk big picture with you, right? Like like in in regard to this this year pertaining to to college basketball, and I know it's been a minute since you were a head coach. Uh, in in the NCAA, but now this new age, right with the with the transport uh, portal and and what that means. I, I just I keep on hearing, about that in regard to the age. In, in fact, earlier today um, I was watching the CBS broadcast and, and I don't know if it was Kenny or one of the guys was like, we've got to put an age limit. Like we can't have these like 27, 28 year old guys playing uh, in, in, you know, college basketball. Uh, g- give me, give me your thoughts on the transport portal and what it means for college basketball.
1: Yeah, there's already over 180 kids in the portal, and it's the first day of the real turn. I mean, I'll bother with playing because my friend is fairly different and had a great win. And Arizona State looks really good against Nevada. But now's the first big day that we as, you know, older people, different generation. We know that NCAA starts on Thursday. There's already a record number 180 kids in the portal looking for new schools. Carolina's looking for players because they didn't make it. In other words, teams are already... Teams that are in the tournament are looking to get better with kids. The transfer portal is here to stay. I just hope they hold it to you can transfer once. As for the age group, the COVID year messed up a lot. It messed up records. You know, the Ivy League didn't get to play. The Patriot League played 10 games. Well, some guys played 20 games in the COVID year. Then they get the year back. Now they're going to play that many more games. Guys, the average age of a freshman right now is probably 19 to 20. So they reclass when they're in seventh or eighth grade, big pitcher wise I'm in the McDonald's All American community. I'm very lucky to vote with Joey and Terry Lynn Wooten. This is their, they run the McDonald's game. He's Morgan Wooten's son and his wife. The ages are different. Women and ladies are reclassing too, so they can get a better scholarship offer. Now you got to be a little older, but maybe you'll go Division Three or Division Two and try and transfer or Division One lower and then move up. What people don't talk about is it can go the other way. You didn't play well enough; they can ask you to leave. But it's here to stay. The NIL, I'm not so much with NIL recruiting as NIL. NIL is about retaining the players you have. Last year, Davidson and St. Mary's in Richmond all had the same teams from the year before. They all went to the NCAA. That's difficult to do. you know. So whether it's retaining players, keeping them,
3: making them happy,
1: making one of their friends come from another school, the business has changed. I hope the NCAA holds to the one-time transfer. And then in two more years, the average age will go back to being 19 to 24. But I hear what you're saying; it's a little weird watching kids battle. But I need mean, to close with this: the average G League salary is fifty thousand dollars. Guys are getting fifty to 100 to play in college with everything paid for—room and board, charter flights, practice facilities. They feed you. So even if you're making fifty in the G League or seventy-five in the G League, that 25 to 200 and the NCAA is just worth a lot more because of the way you're treated and the facilities and all the stuff you have access to. So it's here to stay. He's just going to have to get used to it.
3: It's it's uh, it's it's really interesting, especially uh, this season uh, in in college basketball and what we're seeing. Okay, uh, let's look big picture here uh, and let's look at some of the games on the Friday slate and one in particular that that really um, really gets on my last nerve is uh, is Iona. And having to go up against Yukon, right? Like I I I loved Iona coming into this tournament. I just didn't expect them to get Yukon with their first matchup. Yukon is favored by nine. The over-under is 141. Um, I, I really think that this is really a talented Iona team, but I I just I think Yukon is 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 too good. I, I just I wish that this would not be the first round match. With that being said. What what do you think the results of this matchup is going to be, Jimmy?
1: Iona has a chance to win this game. Look, I like Danny Hurley's. I know him well. He coaches hard. They lost to Mal in the first round. At Yukon, he hasn't even won a game yet. At Rhode Island he won one game. This tournament's very different. It's hard to win games. Rick Patino is a master. He's he knows what he's doing. They're playing hard. They've won a lot of games in a row. They dominated the Mac. Now the Mac's not what it once was. I'm gonna see Friend McCaffrey tonight. I like Auburn over Iowa, but Iowa, that roots, the Mac. and Cooley came from the Mac. It's there for Kevin Willard came from Iona at the Mac. That Mac, he still ran the table Iona did. And then the Metro Atlanta Conference, okay? Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, which is basically a New York conference. The coach since for 14 years. Iona's very prepared to play this game. They're going to Albany where they've played twice in the last two years. They lost to Siena up there, but they've been in that building before. Third time's a charm. I actually felt bad for Danny Hurley. If I was him, I kind of would have wanted to play the other 13 seed. I don't like that game if I'm him because they just they got this way about him. It's Rick Pitino. They play hard. They get some kids that are transferred themselves and a little older. I just if I was UConn as a four seed, I would have much rather had you to Louisiana. Or probably, I guess I can't say Furman or Kent State because Furman won, but I have Kent State. I have Kent State beating Indiana. So, like, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask in the Friday game, but I think it's going to be a really good game. But don't ever count out with Pitino.
3: Yeah, right. Jimmy Patsos, uh, former head coach again, Siena Loyola, also spent a lot of time at University of Maryland with uh, with Gary Williams. In, in looking at the Friday slate and looking at some of the, the potential upsets, Drake going up against University of Miami. A lot of people like Drake. Drake's getting two, but a lot of people have Drake uh, winning that game and advancing in their bracket uh, because University of Miami, uh, not sure if they're going to have Omir. Now reports are that, you know, he was able to practice to, to on today, and and we'll see what happens. Does his ankle swell up or not? But nonetheless, do you give Drake a chance to upset Miami?
1: They Roman Penn, their point guard, played for me my last year at Siena. He was there. The kid Jalen Pickett from from Penn State was the last recruit I had there. So those are kids that prove they can play at that level and moved on to another higher level. You know, Penn State's a real high level. Greg's good. I'm still taking Miami. You want my upsets I can't State, Indiana, I gave you already. I like Vermont over Marquette. Uh I think that Florida Atlantic. I know I don't buy it. I'm I'm taking Memphis. I'm taking Memphis in Miami. And Miami's your school. I mean that's your that's your alma mater, right? I
3: University of South Florida.
1: South Tampa. Florida, but you were you yeah, were University spent some time in Miami. Okay, but you wouldn't. I uh you know, USC, I can see Andy Enfield beating Michigan State. I, I don't like Kennesaw State. I think Xavier's really, really good. I think they're gonna roll. My uh, my my underdogs I take with, with getting the points. Iona, USC, Santa Barbara, I think is it could go give Baylor a real game. Vermont, I, I got them as my outright winner against Marquette and just a funny little thing. I know John Becker. Uh and, uh, and that's about it, really. And then Montana State versus Kansas State's an interesting one. Montana State's really big. They have a really good coach out there. And it wouldn't surprise me if Montana State beat Kansas State. I love the Kansas State story because I was an assistant coach. I was assistant at Maryland for 13 years for Gary Williams. I know what it's like. Kansas State coach assistant at Baylor forever. But I like I like Montana State to win that game, too. You some heavy money line, But if you want to risk a little to make a lot, that's what
3: I'd do. Uh, Montana State getting eight. The over/under is one thirty-nine and a half. All right, big picture here. Uh, I, I know last time we spoke, uh, you loved UCLA uh, without Clark, and now we see where they are in this bracket, and they're calling that that West bracket, the bracket or the region of death. Right? Um, they're going to have to get past Boise State. They're going to have to get past possibly Gonzaga or TCU. Uh, UConn as well. Uh, Do you still like UCLA winning this whole thing?
1: I, I do. I like Amari Bailey. I told you before he's an all American kid. That's going to get his chance to shine. They're going to miss Clark. He's a great, he he played unbelievable defense when he was at Maryland. He just played an unbelievable game, but it's Jaime's team, you know, Jaime Asquez and Tiger Campbell, their seniors, Nick Cronin and staff, Darren can really coach, but Bona, they've got a lot of players on that team. I just, the way they play is not going to change that much without Clark. I am fascinated by the matchup. Obviously, CBS and everyone in the West want them in Gonzaga because they won't really play each other. And that's more on UCLA. Gonzaga's wanted to play and they didn't want to play and stuff like that. So they're making them play. I think that's another un- winner of that game to me will go to the Final Four. Kansas and Grady Dick and everybody, they're really good. They have really good players at Kansas. And Bill Self's been there before. They kind of rallied for Coach Self. Now he's back. But it wouldn't surprise me. But, see, I have UConn losing, so that's one of the – they already get a pass. Lucky Bill Self, he gets a little bit of luck. He's going to have a little run there. So I got Kansas and UCLA playing, and then UCLA goes to the final four out of that. Um, Nick Cronin guy is my guy, and I'm sticking with him. But he can coach defense, and he can win tight games.
3: Love it, Jimmy. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, all the UCLA fans listening right now, I'm sure it's music to their ears. Jimmy, thank you so much for spending some time with us, uh, this evening. Really do appreciate it. And
1: mean, you're the greatest. You're the best. Call me next week. We'll have some more fun. Take care. And yes, I think the Memphis Tigers can go to the final four as well. Not a sneak AC. <laughs> Bye-bye.
3: again, Jimmy Patsos joining us? Uh, really, really interesting guy. Um, I, I'll never forget this. I went to a game and, and you might recall uh, when Steph Curry was playing for Davidson, there was a game that he had, uh, they had gone to play Siena or it might—it was either Siena or Loyola. It might've been Loyola and Jimmy put together this like bizarre defensive scheme where he just, he played some kind of like triangle defense, but with a plus one so there was always three guys on Steph curry so jimmy was just like okay i'm going to put three guys on you and you're going to have to beat us with everybody else and um and they and they crushed loyola and jimmy just got destroyed um in the news i'm not sure if you i mean it was a lot obviously steph is is has been in in the nba for quite a while so but if you recall that's that's the jimmy Patsos who came up with that Bizarre defense to try to stop, stop Curry uh, when he was, of course, um, with uh, with Davidson. Uh, anyway, still a lot more coming your way. Like I said, uh, show dedicated to getting you locked and loaded for tomorrow's slate of games and bigger picture uh, here in March Madness. Anita Marks with you, uh, 710 ESPN.
0: This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN, made possible tonight by TISA. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Teeza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TeezaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 7Teddy SPN.
4: At this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, And... I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to give.
3: <laughs> and that was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week. Um, wow. I, here, here's the thing, guys. You know what stood out to me more than anything else is when he said that prior to him going into his little chamber of darkness... Uh, that he was 90% leaning towards retirement and only 10% leaning towards wanting to play again the, out of everything that he said that was the one thing that really stood out to me because <clears throat> here's the thing if he's going to do this and he's going to come here to New York like he needs to like like reinvent himself you know it's it, it it's the, the Jets aren't gonna win. This isn't gonna work if he doesn't invest time um, and sacrifice to come here, especially be here the entire offseason, participate in all the OTAs. I just a part of me is like a dude who is ninety percent leaning towards retirement is is going to truly commit. And do all the things that I feel he was going to need to do in order to help this Jets team win? Really? Am, am, I, am I reading too much into this? Please, tell me if I am.
5: I no. I think he's enjoying this roller coaster that he's putting the media on right now. I think he's just soaking it up as much as he can. The the ninety percent I'm going to retire ten percent I'm going to play, let alone play for another organization and essentially hit the reset button on my career. Yeah, I don't know it's been It's been exactly what he's intending it to be, which is what I said, a roller coaster
3: this this is This is not an easy city. This is not an easy city. Um, and unless he comes here and he fully commits. You know, if if he does this, oh, I'm not going to participate in OTAs. I'll show up the first day of training camp, and they come out and they like lose or they go, I don't know, two and two or three and two. Their first five games, <laughs> there's going to be hell to pay here with this media. Trust me. We've
5: all seen this movie already. This is just like a a Brett Favre remake at this point.
3: I just I have a really really bad feeling about this. Uh, by the way, we're going to hear from Rich Samini in just a second. Rich Samini covers the Jets for ESPN, but boy, um, Houston is is feeling the heat right now. Northern Kentucky, a 16 seed, facing Houston, a number one seed, 36 34. That's the score right now, with about 16 minutes left in in the game. Too close for comfort, I tell you. Tennessee uh, up on Louisiana Lafayette, uh, thirty-seven to twenty-three. UCLA just uh, lay in the wood against UNC Asheville. No surprise there. We had David Woods on when we started the show. Um, Forty to nineteen. Penn State up on Texas A and M, twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, So, those are your scores right now. But as I said, uh, Rich Samiti was kind enough to join me on my Bet Digital show earlier this week, talking about Aaron Rodgers and what the expectation is for him uh, and the Jets. Also, you know, we heard Aaron talk about he wants to be a Jet, he wants to come here, he wants to talk, he wants to be the quarterback for the Jets organization. The holdup right now is the compensation in what the Green Bay Packers are wanting from the Jets, and that's exactly what I discussed with Rich Samini. Let's listen in. Without further ado, let's bring in Rich Samini Again, he does a phenomenal job covering the Jets for us here at ESPN. And Rich, as I said before we started the show, probably one of the the most wanted men uh, on the planet right now because you have your finger on the pulse of better than most. So let's talk about Aaron. As we know, he went on Pac McAfee's show, and, and what he communicated was that he wants to play for the Jets, right? He met with the Jets. He gave the Jets... A list of some of the players, his guys that he wants on this team. So far, of course, uh, Lazard now has been signed. Some other names out there: Mercedes, Lewis, Randall Cobb. Even mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. So, with that being said, you know what? What, what do you feel? What other moves do you feel the Jets are going to make in the next few hours, days, in regard to the, the group of players that Aaron wants on this Jets Jets team, this Jets franchise?
2: Yeah, I think Aaron joked about that a little bit on the McAfee show today. He said this wasn't like a list of demands that he wanted to make from the Jets. And I think he's right. From what I gather, this is more of a collaborative thing. The Jets said to him, hey, Aaron, who are some players you would comfortable with, playing with? And, of course, he mentioned some former teammates. Uh, I do expect that Alan Lazard deal to get done shortly. Randall Cobb, I think there's a good chance he ends up with the Jets. Now, they already have a good slot receiver in Elijah Moore, but I think Randall Cobb could come in as a backup slot i'd be very surprised if they signed odell beckham jr the jets do not have a lot of cap room and he is asking for a lot of money i think that would be a luxury for the jets and same with Mercedes lewis the jets actually have a few good tight ends so i don't think that would happen but i do think they might get that Randall Cobb thing done eventually
3: well rich you you mentioned cap space if you can kind of break this down for us right like how are the jets being able to afford Uh, You know, Aaron Rodgers, and and what do you feel after that deal's done potentially could be available for for other players? We know that there's some offensive line uh, help that this team desperately needs, especially if they're bringing in Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, it's too bad he has. He should get some of his BFFs who are offensive linemen to come with him to New York because that's where the Jets need the help. They also lost two defensive tackles today in free agency, so so they need some help there as well. In terms of the cap space, you know they can manipulate the cap. Rogers is not going to crush their cap under his existing contract. He would only count 16 million on the Jets cap. Now I say existing contract because I totally expect that contract to be reworked in the coming days when that trade happens so conceivably he could count less on the cap so I think there is some maneuverability for the Jets to bring in some more players
3: so um have you have you got an idea of course we, we again we we heard what Aaron had to say have you gotten an idea in regard to what the terms of the deal could potentially look like because all we know right now is Aaron wants to come to New York. He wants to play for the Jets. The only thing that's holding it up is the deal between the Green Bay Packers and the Jets. What do you know about that potential deal?
2: Right. I think I, I feel comfortable in saying this. They wouldn't be this far down the road if the Jets didn't feel comfortable with what the Packers are asking for I don't think the Jets would have left themselves this vulnerable because they've missed out on a bunch of other quarterbacks because they have all their eggs in the Rodgers basket so I'd probably I don't think there's a huge gap in what they're looking for compensation wise I think the big question is will it include a first-round pick I don't think the Jets want to give up a first-round pick for a 39 year old quarterback who may only play a year or two so I think you're looking at something like maybe two twos two threes but also a conditional aspect attached to one of those picks
3: all right rich i i i need to ask because we were we're on the the precipice of march madness do you have a march madness play who do you think wins the big dance this season
2: Well, Anita, you're talking to a Syracuse grad, so for obvious reasons, I'm not as into the tournament as I usually am. We had a rough year with the Orange, but if I had to pick someone, I would say Duke coming out of the East. Uh, I know they're the number five seed, so it'll be a difficult road, but I watched them recently. Love the way they're playing defense. They're a young team that seems to be peaking at the right time, so that would be my choice.
3: Thank you so much for joining us, Rich. Uh, It's going to be a fun few 24, 48 hours uh, until this all, of course, reveals itself. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, Rich Samini joining me on our Bet Digital show, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on ESPN uh, and ESPN+. I highly recommend you tune into it. Here's the thing. This is what I'm walking away with, guys. Because of all this news, now you can get the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East at plus 130. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. Are you kidding me? The Buffalo Bills, a more cohesive team. Uh, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Like I'd rather have Josh Allen as my quarterback seven days a week and twice on Sunday than Aaron Rodgers at this point. Right? 100%. I mean, better coaching staff to this point. So, you know, if anything, what this has done is this, this has made the bills odds of winning the afc east more juicy and and i've run to the window not walk run to the window anita marks with you this is betla here on 710 espn la we come back that jack professional handicapper FatJackSports.com joins me again getting you ready for March Madness, looking ahead to tomorrow's slate of games and also looking big picture in, re- in regard to some of the futures bets that you can still make out there. Okay? Hang tight. Hour 2 next, right here on 710 ESPN LA.